Hi! Welcome to Perspective Detective. I'm Sabrina DeYoung, and I am not a real detective. However, my superpower is listening and being genuinely curious. I am on a mission to widen our perspective as we listen to other people's stories and experiences. I believe when we hear each other's stories, we humanize humans, which can result in less judgment and more compassion for one another. I sincerely believe we are all just trying to do our best. I am so excited to learn together. Let's begin. Today I talked to my good friend Gabby. Gabby's story is a hero's story. And there's a few things that she talks about that may be a little bit confusing if you're not a member of the same church as us and if you're not from Utah. Some of the way that she talks about where we live might be a little bit confusing or surprising or sound strange, but for us, it's just a reality. Um, Gabby lived a very difficult childhood, which led her into an abusive relationship. She does talk about that abusive relationship that may not be appropriate for children to listen to. So just keep that in mind. This is an adult conversation. Gabby is a product of some misteachings of her culture that I believe have since made some great progress, but regardless, I guess people can always choose to think whatever they want. Her story shows the reality of what some people will endure for what they think is love. We all have an innate need to feel love and security. It's just a basic human need. And when that need is not met, I believe that's where a lot of problems happen. So without further rambling here, Let's listen to Gabby and jump right in. Welcome back to Perspective Detective. I'm here with my friend Gabby, who has an incredible backstory, which I was really surprised to hear. So let me tell you a little bit first, before I introduce Gabby, of my perception of her, and then you'll understand why I thought her story was so surprising. So Gabby and I work together at night, and... She is the happiest person that I know, like very bubbly, very friendly. You just wouldn't ever expect that she has any kind of a dark side, so to speak. Um, So when I heard Gabby's story and her backstory and her experience, I was very impressed, of course, with where she is now and also um, just made me feel so much love for her and the journey that she's been on. And so I've asked Gabby to share her story and also just to to give a little bit perspective and hopefully to encourage others to talk to people and to not prejudge them because you really never know what somebody else has gone through. Um, Gabby, would you like to introduce yourself and just tell us where you're at now? Sure. <laughs> Thank you for all that, by the way. Um, my name is Gabby. Um, I am in my husband's office right now at my house. <laughs> and I'm taking over. <laughs> so you are married now to a great yeah. man. You have two beautiful, two beautiful girls. Children. Yes, I live do. In a, live in a lovely house. Thank you. And from everything that I know about you, you seem very happy and stable. Yes, I I have hit a really good place. I never would have dreamt that this up for me back then. 
this is better than I could have ever expected. So tell me about a little bit about your childhood. Okay, so I grew up in a typical Latino family where my dad would be abusive towards my mom, verbally and physically. Luckily, I didn't really see anything, but I did hear things. And then my mother would proceed to take it out on me and my siblings by telling us that we weren't lovable, we were ugly and stupid and all of that fun stuff. And um, one day when I turned, well, I guess 17, uh, I started to uh, run away with the first boy who ever told me I was pretty, only to find out he was just like my dad. Yeah. And yeah. It's interesting how we gravitate toward what we know, isn't it? Oh yeah. Regardless. Yeah. Just regardless of how, you know, how destructive it is to us. And even though we know that we don't like that, it's what's familiar. I agree. And I, I was alone. I felt very alone when I met him, even after I found out what he was like. And I, I was just tired of being alone, even though I knew he wasn't a nice guy. I turned my back on my family, my friends, my religion, just so that I could just feel that tiny little scrap of love. Wow. And yeah, (laughs) I moved all the way with him to Mississippi, which was my very own version of hell. It's very hot there. (laughs) Did, Did you get married before you were 18 or... Like when uh, you were I got married when I was 18, just barely, like a okay. few months after. So your parents didn't have to sign anything? No, his parents did. And that was kind of awkward. Because <laughs> um, he, he had just moved from Mississippi uh, my junior year of high school. And he pursued me. And I was like, hey, for the first time, guess what, mom? I am pretty and valuable and he likes me. So you're wrong kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And he pressured me a lot to, you know, have sex with him. And I just wasn't interested. But then I kind of just gave in. I didn't want to be alone and I wanted to keep him with me. And it's kind of sad, but that's what I did. And After that, I thought no one else would ever want me after that, especially here or where I lived in Provo, Utah. And when he was moving to Mississippi, back to where he was from, he asked me if I could come with him. Uh, I told my parents and instead of, you know, being good parents and being like, no, you're too young. My mom was more concerned of how it made her look. And she was like, if you're going to marry my daughter, you're going to marry her first. So I had one of the most ghettoest <laughs> weddings <laughs> in my mom's living room and just had an officiator there and his parents had to sign because he was still 17 and I was 18. Oh, he was younger than you. Yeah, he was a year younger than me. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> but he was a really good liar and a really good manipulator. Apparently. And- he would promise me the moon and stars and for someone who didn't have very much love in a way i wanted to believe him desperately and your mom just said if you're going to take her marry her here you go yeah seriously it's okay if you take my daughter as long as you marry her 
Okay. Yeah, and then after a year being married to him and having a whole new culture shock because that Mississippi is completely and totally different than where I basically grew up here in Provo, Utah. Um, the weather's different. The people are different. Uh, just the environment's different. And I, I even look different. My hair was super frizzy because of the humidity. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was that. like... Yes, and it was like two shades darker because of how sun or sunny it was out there that I got so tan, like I barely recognized myself. <laughs> and <laughs> I just learned more about him. He started getting more physical. He started getting more verbal. Uh, eventually, he did end up raping me a few times, and I didn't know whether or not to go home because it was either one version of hell or another and I just wanted to feel a little bit of love and I knew I needed help because I had tried to leave him in the past but like I said when I would go back to my other place of hell it just was even lonelier without him because at least he pretended to care a little bit exactly so I knew I needed help to leave him. And one day I did decide that I wanted better and that I deserved better. And he was very, you know, possessive. He made me give up my friends. He talked bad about my family. He threatened my family. He did all these typical things. And I had to basically convince him that if I went back to Utah, it would be my last time ever going back to Utah and that I'd come right back. And he's like, okay, that's fine. I'll drive you to the airport, but that that's it. That'll be it. It'll be your very last time you ever go back and then you're mine. And yeah. Was that fairly common that you would travel without him? Um, Yeah, for a little bit, for a year, honestly. It was just back and forth because I was like, okay, I deserve better. I don't want this. I don't want to be with you. And then I would leave and go back home. And then I'd miss him because I was lonely. And he'd be like, I promise you I'll never do it again. And blah, blah, blah. And I would just be like, okay, honey, I love you. And then I'd go over there. And then he'd do the same things to me again. And it was just a mess. And so this time... I try to make him believe that I would come right back. And so when I came back here, I, I struggled because I was feeling lonely and I missed him again. And I'm like, I can't do this again. Nothing's going to change. So my sister at the time luckily enrolled me into a group therapy for domestic violence and rape. Uh Uh, They offered free therapy I think it was like 12 free sessions or something. And I told her my situation and how I was feeling. And she, she was amazing. She knew exactly what I was going through. And she was like, for two weeks, I want you to detox for at least two weeks, like a drug. Don't talk about him. Don't talk to him. Don't let anybody talk to you about him or the situation just for two weeks. Focus on anything else. Focus on school, driving, because when I met him when I was 17 and just barely turned 18 when I married him, I dropped out of high school. (laughs) 
And I didn't care because I wanted my little bit of happiness. I didn't know that you dropped out of high school, too. Oh, yeah. I dropped everything. My religion, my family, my friends, my school, my driver's education. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I was desperate and in love with the idea of love. So was he concerned at this point like was he trying to call you a lot like he expected you home yes he did try to call me a lot and I would ignore it and you know back then when we had myspace and facebook was coming out (laughs) he would post things like um I'm so drunk right now I want her back and blah 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 and he would put my name and like try and get my attention I was to be honest, I was kind of fed up with it at that point. Like, I was annoyed. Like, I did not like this guy. I didn't right. like anything about him. But he fulfilled the need that I couldn't do for myself. Did it even and feel like you were married? Honestly, or was he just kind of like a, a captor? That's a good question. I mean, it was nice, the idea of being married to him, because then it kind of felt like he's mine. He's mine. He's not going to leave me unvalued to somebody, you know? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he didn't really treat me like his wife, but more of his plaything. Yeah, I mean that's why I asked. Like when you said the things that he was saying on Facebook, like that doesn't sound the way you talk about your wife who hasn't come home Mm-mm. in a couple of weeks. Like that just seems like <laughs> obvious. <laughs> uh he doesn't love anyone but himself, so mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, right as the two weeks was ending, I found out through my sister, because I gave up social media so that I wouldn't know what he was up to, that he had found another girl. And it it really broke my heart that moment I found out that he found someone else, because I meant so little to him. I had given up my entire life for him, and within two weeks, he found someone else. Wow. Yeah. So, my next free session, I called him up. And I told them that I was getting a divorce and that he'd be hearing from my attorney. And he flipped out and was just started yelling and started cussing and doing all that fun stuff. And I was like, hey, hey, I'm not asking. I'm telling you. And he shut right up. And I finished what I was going to say. And then I hung up. And I haven't talked to him since. But anyways, once I did that, I uh, started taking some self-development classes, some therapy, learned a whole lot about myself and what I deserved and what I wanted. I finished driver's ed or whatever, got my driver's license, went back to school and got my GED. I moved out of my house and lived with some friends for a time and I totally grew independent. Yeah. And I learned to rely on myself and I didn't need a man to make me full or complete or happy I had friends I had myself and you were your own hero yes I saved myself from that situation no other guy no fake prince charming and when my lease gave up on my apartment I moved back into my mom's house and me and my friend were planning on moving out again because I didn't want to be at my mom's house again I went to the family singles ward there, and that's where I met my husband. And 
he was like, after three dates, he had decided that he totally wanted to marry me. And I was like, hold on. <laughs> I'm not ready for this. Um, like, I come with some- baggage. <laughs> I do. I have a few things I need to tell you before. You know? <laughs> and I mean, and before I dated my husband, I dated this other guy. And I thought I was going to marry him to be honest, when I met him, because when I first met him, he was just so, honestly, he was just so good looking that I couldn't believe that this good looking guy wanted to date me, but he did. And I felt like I was walking on the clouds. That is until he Googled me. I was going to say, it sounds like you're putting yourself in the same old cycle again, though. Just someone that was interested in you and... Well, yeah, I guess, because I didn't, I couldn't believe it. And he Googled me and found my old profile picture. And it was a wedding picture of me and my first ex-husband, I guess. And he acted completely heartbroken. Like I had broken his heart into tiny little bitty pieces. And I'm like, I've only gone on like three dates with you. I don't even know you that well. We haven't even decided if we're boyfriend or girlfriend. Why are you taking this so personal? You didn't even have a chance to tell him yeah, your story. Yeah, tell him my side. Exactly. But then after that, he just kind of pulled away from me, which made me feel awful, to be honest. It made me feel like I was damaged goods. And after three dates with my current husband... That's when he was like, I want to marry you. And I'm like, hold on. Look at you. <laughs> Catch him fast. <laughs> um, there's some things you need to know. <laughs> so I told him and he's like, and I was like shaking the whole time because I was thinking, you're not going to want to date me after this. You're not going to want to marry me. In fact, you're going to ghost me because this is Provo, Utah after all. And if you're not a virgin before marriage, you're basically damaged goods, which is so unfair and not true, but it happens and it happened to me. And when I told him this, he said he didn't care and that he was amazed that I was able to get out of that situation where it takes women years to get out and they have like children and property together. And luckily I got out when I did. That is what I thought was so amazing about your story, too. You got out of that very quickly. And not everyone is as, I don't know if you would call it as lucky or <laughs> <Fortunate>. as smart. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you had that gave you that strength, but I'm grateful for it. And I'm really grateful that you're willing to share that story so that hopefully if there's somebody else who is in this situation or is like potentially like, you know, like has those like red flags or triggers that could be put in that situation that they can get out of it quicker. Yes. It don't ever try to change them because one thing I did learn in therapy was I I saw some of the red flags, but I totally ignored them because I wanted my little scrap of love. And yeah. I thought that maybe with time, I could change him. Just like that movie, it was my favorite movie at the time, too, during high school. 
A Walk to Remember. <laughs> I love that movie. I love that movie, but he totally changes for her. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I bet if I'm a great example and I do everything I'm supposed to do, he'll totally change. You know, let's flirt to convert thing. That's not true. Not accurate in the least. At least no. not for me and my side. <laughs> and um, I tried really, really hard to try to make mayonnaise out of ketchup is what my therapist told me and no matter how hard I tried it never turned into ketchup yeah you gave an analogy about an oh an yes. abuser that I really liked but I can't remember exactly how you said it um so I learned this in one of my classes about abuse and how whenever you were to go to a vending machine and you see the item you want to buy and you put in a quarter or however much you need to put in and it accepts it you push the button and then it starts to you know release the item and then it stops and then my teacher asked everyone what is your first initial reaction what do you do and everybody like it was almost in unison was like oh you bang on it or you know you You shake it it. (laughs) exactly do the thing (laughs) i know i push the button i put in my money i expect my item that is what i deserve that is what i believe to be fair this is what i want and then she said and she related that to abuse that men will seek out you know certain women that are more vulnerable and they'll put in their quarter or their whatever and they'll want this from you and 90% of the time women like me at that time would have done that for them no problem but when I started to fight back and ask him for a divorce or if I didn't want to do the thing he asked me he would shake me or you know hit me and try to demand He's like, hey, I pushed this button. I did this. You are going to give me this. It it almost seems... Now, I'm not saying that I'm being sympathetic to an abuser or that it's right. But it almost seems like, with given that analogy, a person who becomes an, an abuser it, like has an inability to cope with change and um, unpredictability. Oh, yeah. That stuff scares them. They're the biggest cowards ever. Right. It's definitely, yeah, it's like an insecurity issue. And it's just, Mm -hmm. I like that analogy because it seems like something that can be taught and, you know, counseled through were they to want to get help. Yeah. But it's hard to give up that power because once you find that power and you may feel powerless at work or wherever but at home and you feel that power above someone else they're addicted to it oh that makes a lot of sense too yeah definitely that just constantly needing the power exactly because maybe they were raised in a abusive home or in a not so great place and then they they do what they know and it works and they feel empowered and they're trying to change their past by recreating it, but it's always the same story. And that happens to women as well. When they marry people like their fathers, like I did, I try to change my past, but honestly, nothing much was changed except for the names and some of the situations. And you, you and were me. different. <laughs> You're different than your mom. 
I am definitely the black sheep of my family. They all have uh, their own good different way. stories. The most, <laughs> yeah. The most beautiful one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Gabby, what yeah. is something that you wish that others understood better about these kinds of situations, like about somebody like you? Oh, well, one of the things I love that you talk about is judgment. It's a huge thing. Like when I was in high school, people would talk bad about me because they heard that I was getting married and they're like, oh, she's knocked up. She's got to be. Otherwise, like, why else would she be getting married, you know? Yeah. And Not like, hmm, I wonder if she has a horrible home life and she's just trying to escape her period. Exactly. Like, no, we don't No, but, like, our initial reaction is to judge them and be like, oh, she's such a whore. Or, like, oh, my gosh, I bet she's pregnant. That's why, you know? But they yeah. don't ever see, like, oh, she must be lonely. Or, oh, she's in so much pain. They don't see that. And... I wish girls weren't so mean or just people in general, not just girls. And like the same people who I used to go to my small Spanish branch would be like, Oh, Gabrielita, that's my name. And like a small, like cutesy way, like, Oh, you're so cute. You're so sweet. And then they'd be the same people who would be like, Oh, I heard she got knocked up. Well, and, and even if you had, that's no reason to withhold love. Yeah. Right. One of the things, one of the biggest lies I used to believe in is um, the idea of love. Like I would, my escape was movies and books and music and romance. I wanted to be a writer when I was younger and I would always put my emotions and how I was feeling in my writing and uh, not to toot my own horn, but apparently I did very good because I made it to English honors and I looked around in the classroom and I just didn't feel like I deserved it. I was like, what am I doing here? I don't belong here. This is where all the preppy kids are. (laughs) (laughs) Like you didn't feel like because of your home life and your background that you belonged in an honors English class? Yeah, basically I'm like, I'm in the wrong place. And I downgraded to a regular English class and I definitely succeeded there. Uh, But when I came back, uh, I no longer wanted to write. Like one of the things I had to accept was that even though it was a bad marriage, I had to grieve. Mm-hmm. It is still a marriage, and I had to grieve who I was and used to be and become someone else, someone new. And one thing also is I get life sucks and people are jaded and worse things happen or, you know, and pain is pain, whether you break a hand or an arm and everyone experiences it differently. Yeah. But you have the choice to make that decision to be like, Hey, I can bite the hand that feeds me or I can do something about it and make change. Or uh, another thing is that I learned and realized was after I married my husband, I felt like I lost because I was used to um, a marriage where everything was so chaotic and dramatic and so, like, my heart was always, I don't know, beating really fast because everything was just, I was in survival mode. And after being married to my husband for a few months, 
I felt kind of cheated because I was like, where's the love? Where's the emotion? Where, where's the passion, you know? <laughs> yeah, and that's I interesting. Realized to myself, I'm like, oh, wait, that stuff isn't healthy. That stuff wasn't normal. That wasn't good for me. In fact, this guy is my best friend and knows me better than I'd like to admit. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't have to do the same things that I was used to. And it was so different for me, but I learned a lot. And he sometimes refers to the movie uh, Shrek, the third one. Oh, no, it's the first, fourth one with Fiona when she rescues herself. Yes. Shrek didn't make it in time in that version. Shrek didn't come rescue her. She rescued herself. And that is a lot with my story. I needed help. I knew I needed it and I wanted it. And so when I had the help that I did, I took it and I never looked back. Isn't that so much more empowering knowing Mm -hmm. that you're Princess Fiona, that you helped yourself? (laughs) That you were your own hero rather than, you know, waiting for a white knight to come and sweep you off your feet. I agree with that. Yeah, he was, he never came. Turns out he doesn't exist, but the hero in myself does. And you will always have you. Yep, through the good and the bad. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I love it so much. I think my favorite part of your story is not just that you saved yourself, not just that you got out of the situation, but that you recognized that you were the only one who could get you out of your situation. That is true, because if I relied on people, they would always just disappoint if I, or lie, or I had trust issues. I just, I didn't believe in anyone anymore. After that, I came back, I felt like a zombie for a while and I felt dead, but I had to grieve and I learned that the only thing that can make my life better is, well, I went back to my religion because that was the one time that I ever felt truly happy. It was being with my religion, connecting with him and myself and realizing that I can do this. I can get my driver's license. I can finish high school and I can no longer be that typical Latina statistic that, you know, drops out of high school, gets married, has a baby and the husband like beats her. But instead I can be that one Latina that does do that, but gets out of it, turns her life around and is now in a really, really healthy, happy relationship with her husband with two beautiful kids who I can't believe are mine sometimes because they're just so beautiful to me and I live in this fantastic neighborhood with these amazing neighbors and amazing friends I now have a job that I absolutely love because the women that I work with are amazing including you pretty great job (laughs) yeah and like I'm just happy I would imagine that Your marriage is good now because you are a whole person and your husband is a whole person and you don't necessarily need each other or you're not like filling a hole with one another with one another, but you can be interdependent and just be best friends and partners and know that you each have your own back. 
Yes, and I love that because I learned to be myself around him. He would ask me, what do you want? And I'd be like, what? Don't you just want to make that decision for me? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, no, what do you want? <laughs> and I just, I started to be like, hey, I want to go here. Hey, I like this. Hey, I'm a huge nerd and I'm proud of it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And we compliment each other because we don't need anything from each other. Not like the infinite black hole that was never being filled because no one else can fill that. Right. But yourself. I think that's definitely a topic that I want to dive deeper in on another day. But I do agree that, I mean, it's definitely important in order to have a healthy partnership. Each person needs to have a healthy self. I'm just so happy for you. I'm truly just so happy for you. And I'm glad that you were able to find a man that was himself and that respected you enough also to recognize that you do need to have your own needs and wants and desires. And, and it sounds like he kind of helped you to realize that a little bit as well. Yeah. He's my best friend. He, he knows me better than I know myself and sometimes knows what I need more than I need. (laughs) That's really sweet. (laughs) Okay. My last question Gabby, what is something that you have learned about someone else that helped open your mind up a little bit more or made you just more interested in them? There have been a few people I can think of that I've met that I was like, wow, I never would have thought that you had something similar to me because like, at first it was really scary for me to open up. It took me years to be able to talk about this. And it turns out that my story is more common than I thought it was. And all these brilliant wonderful ladies who are so strong had similar stories to me and I'm like wow I never would have guessed and that is something I've learned that like sometimes the most happiest people you ever meet are the ones that have the saddest backgrounds but they make that decision to make everything better and not letting it defeat them purposeful happiness yes I love it all right well thank you so much Gabby appreciate you coming on here and being vulnerable and sharing all of that <laughs> personal information. I think it's really valuable. Thank you. And anytime. This was really awesome. I'm so glad you asked me to come on here. Thanks for listening today. Just a couple things that I want to reiterate that she talked about and that was said. The first one is that you are your own hero. You are the one that knows you best, that knows what you need, and you've got to get your own back. The second one is that you are valuable and whole no matter what you have gone through or what you've done. That is just true. You were born that way and it is always true. Again, thank you for listening. You can find me at Sabrina Perspective Detective on Instagram. Um, Feel free to send me a message if you have a story that you would like to share or an interesting perspective. I do social issues as well as just personal hero stories. I love all of it, and I think it is all very valuable to share. Again, just thanks for being here, and I will be back soon.